There we go. Oh, hello. I, I kind of do it, Captain. I don't have the power. Funny, I was just watching The Voyage Home yesterday. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Captain Andrew. I'm... <laughs> I don't know. None of them, have, none of them had titles, did they? No, well, you're... It was Captain... Commander Spock. Commander... Was it Commander Spock? Dr. McCoy. Yeah. I'm, I'm Dr. Zack. Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little loopy because we are... Oh, 36 hours of having just done Melbourne Marathon yes. 2022. That's it. We did it. We survived. We did. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. You're not going to hear about our training because there has been none. You're going to hear us recap our experience with the Melbourne Marathon. And what a day it was. But let's get into it um, bit by bit, step by step. Yeah. The night before. How'd you go? The night before was great. Uh, Aaron and I, we got a hotel room. I stayed... Cheap budget frugal not at all so we stayed at the pullman on the park which is literally right across the street from uh the festival area and i have stayed at this hotel before but my god it was four hundred dollars just for the one night they saw you coming didn't they they bastards and and on top of that you have to pay for parking there really like they charge you four hundred dollars for the room and they have the nerve to say oh yeah it's another twenty nine dollars you're kidding me no no i'm like (laughs) was it just was it busy the hotel? Yeah. Yeah, like everybody that was staying there at that hotel was probably, I'd say, 80% of the guests were the marathon runners. Right. Um, but, it's, you know, it's a nice it's a nice place. The staff was friendly. You know, they can't help the prices. But uh, it what was... What does it normally cost, non-marathon? Probably. I got to imagine if they're charging any more than $250 for, for a night there. Maybe three for a weekend. Yeah. But I'm so out of touch because I haven't stayed at a hotel post-COVID. So, yeah. I mean, I know I stayed there uh, the first marathon I ran in 2018, and I think it was about $200 a night. Because mm. I'm, I'm the same. I wouldn't know what a hotel costs, because whenever I'm traveling, it's either overseas on holidays in like a third, like an Asian country or something like that, where yeah. a hotel for a family is like 200 bucks, or my work's paying for it. Yeah. So I don't know what it costs to buy a hotel room. No, it was real, it was real expensive. But you know what? It was, maybe it wasn't worth it, mm. but it sort of was just to know that I was there mm. daylight savings you know Aaron and I had a nice little dinner at the hotel restaurant we had a little bit of time to relax but basically by the time we got to the hotel because we had a bit of a busy day it was about seven o'clock so essentially we checked in we went down to eat we had a nice little relaxing dinner by the time that was done it was maybe 8 30 it was upstairs I had my pre my, my nighttime meal that I had mm. before a big run and then it was like kind of bedtime. It was like 9.30 and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lie down. And I I slept pretty well. Poor Erin didn't get up. I uh, didn't go to sleep until after midnight. Really? And she woke up with me, obviously. Yeah. You, you saw her. We saw each other. Um, but I, I feel like I fell asleep and slept as well as I was going to. That's really good. Everything was laid out. So, you know, because there's one thing that I learned when we did the Ultra and Bright is that if I'm sleeping in a hotel room with other people yep. i should probably have everything already ready in the morning so i'm not shuffling yep. and waking everybody up in the morning yeah so i did that i was considerate good on you Thank well you. done i tried yeah how about you um i it's funny he's like oh i was getting to the hotel at seven o'clock i was in wind down mode at seven o'clock yeah i was in front of the tv i was watching a dumb movie so i could just turn my brains off mm. i'd had my pasta meal all my gear was laid out similar to you. I had it all at the back of the house. Yeah. So in the morning when my alarms went off, I just had to tiptoe out 
and then I was in the back of the house with the kitchen and all my gear and I could get ready or so um, beforehand. So I had all that done the night before. And then, yeah, same thing. I went to bed a bit before 9.30 and according to my watch, I got six hours, 15 minutes sleep. That'd be about right for me too. I, unbelievable. Best night's sleep I have ever had leading up to same. a marathon. I've never had a better night's sleep No, this. like leading up to a race, it was the best night I've ever slept. I don't want to say it's just because of the month of not taking caffeine beforehand, but I've got to think that's the only thing I've really done differently here. Yeah. But I wasn't even nervous. You know how... Because when I, when I got to bed and I was lying down and I closed my eyes to go to sleep, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and think about the race. So I actually just sort of mentally ran through the race in my head. I'm like, right, it starts at Batman Avenue. You go up Batman Avenue, you turn a left, you run along. You t- I've done that course so many times. I yeah. knew exactly what it was going to be. I don't think I got to the end of St. Kilda Road before I dropped off. And then next thing I know, my phone's going off, my watch is going off. Both of them have adjusted to daylight savings perfectly. Thank God. And yeah, because we, we, that was the, uh, we, we lost an hour of sleep, which I knew people who were setting alarms all over the place. Yeah. Some people I knew wake up, woke up at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. because their daylight savings alarm hadn't triggered. And so they woke up at three o'clock in the morning, reset that one, then tried to go back to sleep for an hour or That's so. That's hideous. Yeah, that was not fun. No. But the actual morning of the event, I went through my normal routine. I got up, I had my pikelets with maple syrup, really plain carbs, no fiber in them at all. Yep. Uh, had a black coffee, first coffee I'd had in a month or so. Nice. Uh, got dressed and then got to the train station. I caught the train into the city. Oh, good. That was and just nice. jumped on the train. Caught the train in. By the time I got to Flinders Street Station, my stomach and everything had kind of done its thing. And so I was ready to go to the bathroom. Mm. Went to the bathroom at Flinders Street Station. Walked over to the main arena. Got to the main arena at about 6.30 or so. Yeah. No time to stuff around at that point. No. I was like, right, I better go dump my gear off. Yeah. So, you know, got off my jumper, got off my tracksuit pants. Made sure I had all my gels and my phone and my headphones and my sunglasses and my hat and all that sort of stuff. Dropped the bag off. Next thing I know, it's quarter two. Yeah. So I was kind of like, go, go, go. There was no messing around with I, me. No, no wish, stopping and thinking. I wish we had coordinated this mm. better because if I would known that you were taking the train in, I would have offered to drive you home because, spoil. Mm. Well, we'll not get into it, yeah. but I could have driven you home. I wouldn't have had to wait long. No, not at all. No. <laughs> um, but I, well, I'll tell you why that wouldn't have worked though. Um after post race as well, we'll get into that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I, because because you and I saw each other at the race ten minutes to go before the start. Yeah, you were waiting for the toilet. Yep. How did you get to that point? Uh, so yeah, so when I woke up, basically, I like that. That was a nice. <laughs> that was nice. Uh, we woke up. You know, like I said, everything was laid out, got ready, went down. You know, I, I took care of my business in the hotel. Rest. Luxury man. Exactly. Too good for Flinders Street Public Station, that's apparently. That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and then, you know, Aaron and I walked across the street, and we had a nice walk, mm. you know, we were just taking pictures, because there were some really nice shots of what the stadium. What time is stadium. this? This is... What time did you have to wake up? Because I had to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I woke up at around... Well, I ended up waking up at around 4.45, okay. but I did set my alarm for 5. Okay. Uh, and then by the time we were out of the hotel, you know, I said to Aaron, there's no reason for us to leave... Like, I originally wanted to leave the hotel at 6, but I was like, uh, we're right there. Like, we don't really need, like, yeah. literally, it's at less than You didn't have to do a bag walk. drop or anything, did no, you? No, cause, no, because, you know, Aaron helped me out with that. So we left the hotel around 6.15, because I did want to have some time. What time did you have breakfast? Uh, so basically, my breakfast, my pre-race, as per normal, I had a 
uh, Generation Yukan Bar. Yep. Three cups of coffee, but they were like the little <laughs> tiny hotel cups. So okay. That's why. Yeah. Um, Andrew is sitting here with a cup of coffee right now that I kid you not, I could put my <laughs> entire fist into. Yeah. Like it would fit an entire large man's fist inside it. Yep. Yes, it mm. wouldn't. I love a big cup of coffee. Mm. So that was that was at about five forty-five. I had that bar, yeah. and the second breakfast, like a Hobbit, was another generation you can bar about fifteen minutes before race time. Yeah, okay. So walk over there, you know, all said and done, you know, I, I got sorted, everything set up. I had, I didn't do a big warm up. I just kept really warm, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with my sweats and everything. And by the time, you know, we found the start line, and then the yeah. the the line the eternally long line for the bathroom <laughs> yes was about yeah i'd say 6 30 and we're probably waiting there for about 10 minutes 15 minutes and then i don't know yeah maybe 10 15 minutes and that's when we saw you and you were yeah. like you don't have to wait in this line there's a urinal right over there i was like yeah. oh yeah you were waiting for the stalls yeah but we have the benefit of being boys in yeah. which case there was an in and out urinal troth farm i'm in for that and he just away you went yeah that's it so i, I didn't do any specific warm-ups either i just yeah. used the walk over because by the time i walked to the train station and then walked from flinders street over that was like a k and a half yeah and i was ready to go i i, I got a couple <clears throat> strides in but it was <clears throat> so crowded like i didn't stride up to anything faster <clears throat> than like a six minute kilometer yeah. and i had discussed this with kirk he was like look you're about to run 42 kilometers you don't need to do an extensive warm-up <clears throat> but unless you're going to be right at the very front you're, right. you're going to have clear road exactly yeah He's like, just keep warm, mm. you know, get a good sweat going. If you can get the heat going in the hotel room and, you know, just to, you know, mm. open up that fascia. And I was like, all right. So I did that. I got my strides in. And then, yeah, man, before you knew it. It was quick. It was fat. It was like real quick. <clears throat> it felt quicker than it has because I've only done the Melbourne Marathon two other times. This is my third mm. time. But, I mean, they started a few minutes late. Yes, they were late starting. Which so, was interesting. I've not yeah. experienced that before. No, it started at 7.02 or something. Yeah. Watch said, something yeah. like that. For, for me, like last year when I went, I went in with Simon. Um, and if you told Simon we were going somewhere this Friday, he'd be here on Wednesday. <laughs> so we were very early uh, the time That's I went with him. That's the kind of him. person I am. Yeah, and there was a lot of hanging around, sitting around doing nothing. This time, because my train was a little bit delayed and everything, I was just straight through all the way to, to the start line. I managed to get... Um, at the start line, there's two paths. There's a right-hand side and a left-hand side. Mm. Um, I went the left-hand side, managed to get right behind the four-hour pacer uh, and met a couple of other people there as well. Um, it was funny, though, just going back, thinking about when I saw you in the toilet line, obviously you had somewhere to be. You didn't need any help with that, so I wasn't going to hang around. But it's funny how we were both in our zone. Yeah, we were just really in the zone. And it was it was really interesting you know, and I was talking about this with Erin. Like, I'm mm. always very focused at a race. Mm. But having her there was actually a real help. Because, yes, I'm focused. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. But she was almost kind of like a second. Like, because obviously, shout out to Kirk. Yeah. Great, great training. Mm. Great coach. Looking forward to the next, you know, how, uh, 12 mm. months and beyond with him. Erin was kind of like a coach on the ground. Like, yep. she kept asking me about... You know, did I have everything? Did I make sure that I packed my gels? Uh, was I was I did I have the goal in mind? Did I mm. did I have my plan, my strategy? Had I gone through all that? And she was like really good about that, and it was actually helping me. Fo- like normally, I would think I just I need to be in the zone. I can't talk to anybody. Yeah. But that was actually helping me focus a little bit. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's like you can just concentrate then on because because I was in problem solving mode. Mm. I was like right thinking about do I have everything? What's going to yeah. happen? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. 
um, I saw you, I was like, you have a problem, you need to pee, you're in the long queue, go over here. Thanks for that. And then I had like, <laughs> I need to get to the start line, which yeah. way do I go, left side, right side. Because it wasn't the busiest Melbourne, it was 6,200 people finished the marathon. But it did seem mm. like it was busier. Well, I think we'll talk about what happened in the last quarter of the race. Yeah. Uh, and people, oh, yeah. I've got things to say about that, but mm. I, I probably have things to say about that on the side of the event organizers. Yeah. Like, I'm on their side on that. Okay, let's let's talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to go into in this yeah, race. I have a lot of nitpicks, and mm. a lot of them have to do with the actual participants. Mm. How, how did you uh, find getting through the the crowd at the opening shoot and getting to the start? And finding... Did, did you get to where you wanted to be at the start? Because I was right where I wanted to be. I was 15 meters away from the four-hour No, do you know what I didn't? Like, I wanted to get <clears throat> right around the... Uh, I wanted to hang out with the 340 pacer, like yep. we discussed. I never really got there. I had to catch up to both him and her, because there were two. Yep. Uh, you know... Only but two? There, I think there were only two for the 340. Okay, I thought all the pacers were running in packs of three. I don't think... Maybe. maybe. Okay. Um, but, you know, I... I basically, I got to about, I don't know, 50 meters off, maybe eh, about 50 meters off the start line. Yeah, off so, the front of the start line. Maybe 100 meters off the start okay, line. Okay, it's way closer than yeah. I was. Maybe yeah. 100 meters off. Yeah. Um, so I was a little ways, ways back, obviously behind the pacers. Mm. So, But I wasn't worried because I was like, you know what? It's I'm going to base my performance mm. off of my a watch time and my... Uh, chip time. Yep. Not the gun time. Yep. Uh, I don't care about the gun time. It doesn't matter. Uh, well, I was going for podium, so I was gun time. Oh, well. I yeah. Mean, you know, fair enough. <laughs> maybe, maybe being 400 meters back from the start line was a bit of a miscalculation on my part then. Maybe, yeah. maybe, but maybe the training was a bit of a miscalculation. <laughs> also, maybe a miscalculation as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I was happy with where I was, and it was great because, you know, obviously Aaron couldn't cross the, the barrier. Mm. So as I'm she walking. She couldn't. Break the barrier. Aha. Aha. Um, so as I'm walking front, I'm just like looking over, talking to her. Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, you went right-hand side? I went right-hand side. Yeah, okay. I went left-hand side. Oh. I've started going left-hand side. It says a lot about you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Mm. But yeah, uh, so... The start. The start. I basically... So how did, how did you how did you start? Well, the start is always that classic gun goes, no one moves, everyone gets panicked, <laughs> presses up against each other, yeah. realizes that, yeah, exactly, stuff will walk. And there's always that 50 meters before the actual start line, everyone's like, we get to start running, and runs for four steps and then stops again. To yeah, walk. no, I don't do that. Um, I just kept walking all the way through. I have done this too many times to try to do that. Exactly. Until I get to the actual start line, yep. I am walking. There's no running at all. No. And then the first kilometer or so you're running up batman avenue and then taking a hard left-hand turn onto flinders street that first up that batman avenue always feels like because it's a little bit uphill yeah. you always feel this race is going to be harder than i think it's going to be and there's <laughs> always and this is maybe where we'll start on our shit list of fellow participants there's always so many people on that first hill in the first 800 meters who are already walking mm. and i'm like how am i going past you in the first 800 meters of this race, yeah. why were you at the front of this starting it's corral? Like I think they're in an ultra. Yeah, why are you at the start of this corral if you're... Now, maybe they're like, I need the full five and a half hours to get through. Yeah. But if you're maxing out the full five and a half hours trying to walk this thing, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I, like, I get it. I, I get it. There's gutters. You, there's tram tracks. You, there's poles. It's confusing. Yeah. And You've yeah. got to like... 
you've got to be, if you're somebody who's going to be walking or somebody's going to be listening to music and just in your own, yeah. you've got to be aware of people around you. Like for me, when I run, I choose to run with my headphones, but I'm constantly looking around me yeah. to make sure that I'm not bumping into anybody or like if I'm, if I'm going to pass somebody, I'm looking to make sure that yeah. I'm not going to bump into somebody to do that. And vice versa, I'm looking to see if anybody wants to pass me because that's kind of like, unless you're an elite runner, you got to be considerate. Yeah. You got to be, you've got to know what's going on around you. There's too many people to be one of those people that just walks in the shopping center, yeah. strutting along while somebody's trying to get around you. <laughs> you've got to like, I I'm not bitter. No, not at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's a tough. Positive note. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as I crossed the line, I, I heard... Um, I saw Jenna and Mark. Okay. That was a nice... That's nice. A little bit of a go, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was awesome. It was like, oh, and it's like a little bit of a power boost. So mm. shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that first bit up Batman Avenue. Because always... it's, Batman Avenue is a huge wide footpath, two car lanes, two tram lanes, another two car lanes, another wide footpath. And then at the end of Batman Avenue, when it gets to Flinders Street, it narrows to a path about the size of an average bedroom. Yeah. It becomes extremely narrow and you're walking again um, within a kilometer into your race. And I was doing that. And as I did that, I just saw the four-hour paces go vump yeah. and run away from me because there was nowhere to go. See, I was really <laughs> lucky. Like for some, somehow, like now, just to give you a bit of my strategy here, I like, for those of you who run the mm -hmm. marathon, you know that once you get past basically kilometer 22, 23, there's a lot of more inclines. Yep. And you're doing a lot of it uphill, and it gets hard. So, I mean, the second half of a marathon always gets hard. But the Melbourne Marathon, yes, it's fast, flat, whatever. But there are some serious inclines in there that can dick with you. Yeah. So I knew that this first half needed to be real quick. Because mm. I went out there. I wasn't necessarily, like, looking to... Um, I wasn't looking to even split, uh, negative split, whatever. I was just going out there to prove that I had some serious guts and I could just go yeah. for this thing. So... I was able to somehow find right away, like Kirk and I decided we were going to uh, start, now this is this is his uh, phrasing, dead on the nuts on pace. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do that, of course. I started faster. Mm -hmm. You know, we have been preaching to you for the past three <laughs> months not to do this. But so I somehow, with even the, even the crowd, I was able to find a sub five minute for the first kilometer. Which is a lot faster than 340 pace. It was... It was, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, the first half was fast, much faster than three forty minutes. Yes. <laughs> like I basically, I almost PB'd my half in the first half of this thing. Um, uh, so so yeah. you went straight past the three forty paces in the first bit of the race. Well, no, actually, because they they had started about what fifty uh, meters. You said. Oh, maybe. That's what you said. You're on the record of saying fifty. I, meters. I then corrected it to hundred. hundred meters. But by the time you where crossed, were you in the night of the anyway. At the Melbourne Marathon. Yes. I was about like, I was probably about a minute behind them. Uh, maybe two minutes behind them, depending on how long it take, took me to think. Okay, yep. So no, I wasn't, I didn't really catch up to them until much, much later. Okay. And eventually I caught up to the 3.30 pacer, which was... We'll where, get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was able to find that pace real quick. It was good. You yeah. know, I, I had a good start to the race. Like everything, I, I didn't have a problem too much with the... With the crowds, and you know what I find? I think that, funnily enough, and you wouldn't probably correlate this, but all the trail running I've been doing, and up Flinders Peak, down Flinders Peak, I feel like that's helped my agility. So, like, mm, yep. when there's people in my way, I can just 
move, duck and move? Oh, I can do that too, but it's also twofold. One, it's energy I don't need to waste. Mm. And two, I'm always worried about the planter or the Achilles or something, doing something like that. Just so I, because I can do it, doesn't mean I want to be doing it yeah, regularly. That's, that's yeah, that's fair. Um, I found, so the, the obviously you, you do the first little bit, getting onto St. Kilda Road, the first thing you need to get past is it all converges over to the right-hand side and then there's a drink station. Yes. And it's that classic, we're three kilometers into a race, everyone's grabbing water, yeah. stopping. I just ignored that first drink station. Did I you? just went straight past it and went, no, nah, I'm not even going to waste my time with it. I think I... Uh, did I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Because I was using... My, my bit of my strategy mm-hmm. was every drink station, I will walk for a few seconds, mm-hmm. get my water. And I, I did start there. I did have... Uh, a, gla- a glass, a cup of water, uh, and then I was on my way. Yeah, because let's talk about the weather for a second. You didn't need a drink in the first three kilometers. No. What perfect... Perfect weather. Perfect weather. It heated up real quick. It did heat up, but... but yeah. yeah. We'll get, but the first, I was saying to someone, at the 25-kilometer mark, I was still seeing my breath yeah. as I breathed out. Do you know what? It's funny. Like, mm. uh, and that was along the... Beach. Coming along the beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was noticing all the runners. I'm like, I can see their breath. Yes. What the hell? It was unbelievable. At the start line, I could see my breath. I was cold at the start line. Yeah. Um, and all the way through the, through the first two hours of this race, I could still see my breath. Yeah. And then when it got warm, it got warm. It got warm like out of nowhere out really of fast. nowhere. Because, yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, 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 I ran down St. Kilda Road. I found the four-hour paces. Yep. Um Bunch of us, three, four-hour paces, bunch of us there. They got about five kilometers in, let everyone sort of sort themselves out, and then the lead pacer for that group introduced himself, introduced the other pacers, basically said, hey, listen, we've been running a little bit faster than the pace we need to do because we've needed to catch up to where we were because we started back a little bit. We're now on pace to finish in three hours, 58, 30 seconds. So we're 90 seconds ahead of schedule. If you stay with us or stay within earshot of us or sight of us you will be good to go that is wild to me that they're so like bang on they were bang on they were like we are going to run flat 540s from this pace they just know they just know they're like we've done all the work they said the first five kilometers is always you're all you're all revved up it's always a shit storm we're gonna we've burnt all that off yeah you don't have to run any faster than 540 from this point that's a nice feeling yeah that's a nice feeling if that's that's something within your wheelhouse yeah um yeah, I guess basically for me, uh, I didn't catch up to any of the pacers that I was looking for until, you know, that area, another drink station mm, yep. near the lake shed, the lake house, yes. or whatever it's called. Um, so well past Albert. So you've come off St. Kilda Road, you've turned right onto Fitzroy Street, you've turned right onto Albert Park Lake. Yes. And you're now heading into Albert Park yes. Lake to do the loop there. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, that's probably where I caught up, I think, to the first pacers. The 340s. Uh, I actually caught up to the 340s, yes, mm. uh, right around there. Yep. And... You know, this that area is the last time I did the Melbourne uh, Melbourne Marathon. That's where I started feeling things in my knee. Right. And so this is like in my head. It's kind of like, it's almost like PTSD. Because like, you know, this is coming and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. this is where it happened last time. This is where it happened last time. And I got there and it didn't happen. Good. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, trucking along. I always, I think that's a fun part of the, of the marathon. Like in any marathon... Mostly, there there are going to be, out of the two mm. courses that I've done, uh, in the, there's just long stretches that suck. Like, yeah, St. Kilda Road. Oh, not St. Kilda Road. Um, yeah, 
Beach what? Road. Beach Road, thank yeah. you. That sucks. <laughs> I don't really like that because, like, you just know because you're running all the way and you're like, yeah. I gotta turn around. But something about the lake shed, I think, is still early on. Yeah, it's and still early on. You're still excited. Yeah. People are still talking. You and haven't. You, and you also loop back and forth on yourself until you get to see everyone. Exactly. Okay. And that's, that's actually that's mm-hmm. the first time that I saw you mm-hmm. uh, on that loop. And you didn't see me because I, I didn't say your name or anything. I just yeah. waved, but you were so focused. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, I'll just go to myself. And then. someone running next to you was like, was that your friend? No. Nope. They didn't see you. Yeah, no, he saw me. <laughs> he saw me. Um, I got to that bit coming onto Albert Park Lake. So that was about the 7K mark. Mm-hmm. And last year, that was the bit where I was like, oh, I have to go to the toilet. That was where last year where I knew, oh, wait a second, I haven't got my hydration and everything right at this point Yeah. because I'm needing to pull off and go to the bathroom and get back onto it. I got to the seven, seven and a half, eight K mark, heading onto Albert Park Lake, and I was running with the four-hour pacer. And at that point, I went, I'm feeling much better than four-hour pace. Yeah. I'm feeling like... I can go way faster than 540 pace. Yeah. I don't need to run 540 pace. I'm I'm going to be bored if I keep doing this. Mm. I saw one. I saw Ben from Winfit at about the 6K mark. He was like, how are you going? I said, I'm really bored. Like, I'm, I was actively having to shorten my stride and, like, yeah. and, la- and pull myself back yeah. to avoid taking off. The, I was just feeling so much better than four-hour pace. Sure. And so I was like... And I got to about the 8K mark, and I'm like, I could see off in the distance... Because Albert Park Lake, no trees, flat golf course. Sure, yeah. I could see forever. And I could see the 350 pace and I went, oh, let's go get them. Nice. And so I just went, right, I'm just going to start rolling with it. And just sort of ran, started to run by feel a little bit. See, that's interesting. That's kind of like the opposite of me. Because I, from the get-go of this thing, I was, I was racing it. I was like mm. trying to run hard. I was keeping in my mind, Kirk gave me a great uh, sort of mantra that mm. I was using almost the entire time. Mm. Uh, relaxed is smooth. And smooth is fast. Yeah, okay. So I was kind of like, I was just trying to be asleep for that first like 10, 15 kilometers. Mm. But at the same time, I was running it. Yeah. You know, I was running hard. Like I was ticking over at sub five minutes paces all the way through, mm. you know, the halfway point. But yeah, there was that, there was a point where I fell off that, of course, because mm. I was working too hard. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, it's interesting. There's some math in there that I thought was really interesting that we'll mm. talk about in a yeah. second. But yeah. Uh, well, in a second, I mean, probably like 10 minutes. But yeah, yeah so that's uh, that's really, that's a cool place to be. Because we'd spoken about, you know, prior to the event, I was like, right, I'm going to go with the 540 pacer. Yeah. And then I got COVID and everything. And I was like, oh, where am I going to land? I'm going to just run with the four hour pacer and just have a fun time with it. Mm. And then we'd spoken about, well, what about if you get to halfway? You could kick then. I'm like, oh, well, halfway on Melbourne's a bit of a fake thing you've got to go a little bit further than that yes but then you go a little bit further than that and next thing you know into the hills and i'm like i actually don't know if i don't kick me because the other thing with me is once i get into a groove i'm in the groove and i'm just going yeah and i'll just hit that flat pace the whole way until i hit the wall or i finish yeah there's one of two options i was at that point where i was like if i don't go faster now Mm. i won't be able to go faster in the future yeah i'm not going to be able to just randomly kick with 20ks to go or 15ks to go if i'm going to go faster at all in this thing I might as well get going now. Yeah. And that was kind of my strategy as well, especially mm. for the Melbourne Marathon course. I was like, if I don't do this, like, I'm not, I'm just not going to negative split the Melbourne Marathon. It's just no. not going to happen. So I was like, if I don't do this fast now, whatever's going to happen in the second half because of those damn hills <laughs> is going to happen. So I better just move like a bat out of hell now. Yeah. Um, 
Did you see many other people from Winfield or any other? Dude, Russell I run? passed about five or six every time yep. on a, on the loop. I'd see five, maybe not five or six, maybe like three or four WinFit shirts. Yeah. Uh, and it was really cool. It was really exciting to yeah. see because there were faces that I, I just didn't... Th- there was a couple of people running around you, I could see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was one guy that we were leapfrogging for mm. a little while until I until I dropped him. <laughs> um, but again, there was like, I think out of the three or four I saw... Two of them, I just I, they were unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I never okay. met them. Yeah, uh, so it's really cool that Winfit's growing, that they're all out there mm. represent. Oh, there was I think twelve or thirteen people running across the half marathon yeah. and the marathon. Nice, yeah. mm. very nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's mm. always nice to see familiar faces, but also yeah. familiar, uh, mm. you know, um, livery. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. livery. Is that the word? Livery is the color. That's that you the word wear. for it. Yep. Yeah, mm. that. Good. Mm. Great. You should know this. The English colonized you. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, um, <laughs> coming out of Albert Park Lake, you have yeah. that nice little downhill run into Fit- down Fitzroy Road, yeah, which is lovely. I love that. Coming back up, not, not so, so fun. Yeah, no. But that run down. How many people did you go past running down Fitzroy Street? Thirty. I know. I found as a just a general oh, probably rule, maybe more than that. So many people don't know how to run downhill. No. And they were breaking themselves. Yeah. And no. I'm like, no, I'm just rolling with it. This is like, I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm used to running down Flinders Peak, bro. This is yes. nothing. I I probably passed maybe double that. I don't yeah. know. Like, because how many people are in the... Bunched in like that. Maybe yeah. past 100 no, people. No, so many know. people, false economy, trying to slow yourself down, going down. That was not a hill where you needed to break. No. That was a hill just to let yourself roll. No, so. you just go. And, uh, it, mm. and it was. And, that's, and that was kind of like a good mm. part of my strategy. Is like, you mm. know, there's a lot of inclines on this thing. Yeah. I'll slow down. Yep. On the inclines, I won't try to keep my pace because mm. I'll lose more time doing that, expending that energy, yep. than if I were to just slow down and then just bomb down yeah. uh, the downhills, which is what I did. Yeah. So 10Ks in and we turn on to Beach Road. I'm so glad this. that you're here and you're like a living mm. map because <laughs> I've done this course three times and I couldn't tell you what where is it. This was my sixth Melbourne. Yeah. I know this course like the back of my hand. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Um, I actually, it was funny though, slight detour. I went and compared this marathon to my previous Melbourne marathons. One time we actually did do a different course. We did, right? Yes. One like, time. I think I was there. Yeah. One time you don't go, you, you run up the tan. Yeah. And then you get to the top of the tan and you turn around and you start coming back. One time we didn't loop back into the tan and go back up. One time we ran all the way back down to St. Kilda Road. Yeah. And then turned right onto St. Kilda Road and then went up to Flinders Street. That's what I thought. We have definitely... My, I have the evidence on my Garmin map. I think that might yeah. have been... The 2017 or something like that. Yeah, it was like either... It must have been my first. I think it was your first Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 10 kilometers in, where are we? We're turning right onto the beach road, heading out towards Port Melbourne. Yes, and this yeah. is where kind of... This is where I got the first glimpse. Now, I probably... I, I would have missed them at Albert mm. Park yeah. or looping back, but this is where I, I got a first glimpse of the people who were going to win. Right. You know, because they're running. Because it's always fun. It's mm. always fun, like, when you see people, like, looping you, mm. uh, and you're like, oh, okay, I can't be that far off. And then you see, like, the two-hour and ten pacer go by, and you're yep. like, yeah, I am that far off. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm not going to be there for another, like, hour or so. Yeah, I know. I was doing the same. As I was trying to catch the 350 pacer, I would see them coming back towards me. Yeah. And as I crossed them, I would check my watch. I would check where I was. And then I would count how long it took for me to get back to that spot. Yeah. And so I was like, right, I'm four minutes behind the 350. Now I'm three sure. minutes. Now I'm Smart. two minutes. If I had done that with the lead runners, 
it would have been okay. Well, I'll be back here in forty-five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Because so. it's like <laughs> you're you're heading into ten, and they're coming past twenty. Exactly. So it's insane. It's spoilers. The winner of this race was, was not a, us. Was an hour forty faster than me. An hour forty faster than me. Wow. The winner of this race. That's hectic. It's insane. Yeah. That's hectic. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. But the, the Port Melbourne Beach Road, then yeah. turn around I, back down to Brighton. I just don't like that section. I just mm. don't like that section because it's so like it's flat. It's flat, and you know it's funny. Like flat is good, mm. but it's also boring. Yeah, I mean my pace time on that, I had variances for about that ten kilometer stretch, yeah. fifteen kilometer stretch. I'm talking about like three seconds a kilometer. Yeah, same. Same. It's just metronome, dunk, dunk, yeah. dunk, the same time every one. Every, yeah, yeah I was the same. I had, um, I mean, my uh, my watch ticks over at the mile just because whatever. Madness. Yep. Mm-hmm. That whole stretch, it was like 752, 752, 754, 755, yeah. 752. Um, but it's just like... Uh... We were lucky that it was, I mean, it was perfectly overcast. Yeah. There was no wind at all. I had my sunglasses, but for a large part of the first I didn't half have, of the race, no. I didn't need them. I didn't. I, I, I didn't wear my sunglasses. Mm. Maybe I had my sunglasses on for a total of five kilometers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even have them when I finished. They were not. On they were just on the top of your head. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah. So, running, uh, you get to the twenty-kilometer mark, yep. and then you make the long trek to go past the servo, yep. up to where you loop around again. Yep. That's where I, fo- I saw my first uh, projectile vomitist. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how early did you see people starting to break? I probably uh, saw it coming back into St. Kilda Road onto heading back up Fitzroy Street at about the... That's about the 30K mark. Yeah. That's where I first started seeing people start that, to break. That's about right. Mm. I started to fade a little bit at around mm. 20, probably five, because okay. my, my, my hamstring started to cramp a lot. Right. At kilometer 22. So, so at this point, let's set the scene for everyone. You were running at 3.30 pace. I was running at 3.26 pace. You were running at 3.26 At this pace. point, I passed the 3.30 pacer. Right. So in terms of strategies for the marathon, you were start with the 3.40, you went out, and at one point you were at 3.26 pace. Yeah. And meanwhile, I've started at 4, and I'm trying to chase down to get under 3.50. Yeah. And it was it was funny, because I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm at 3.26 pace. Like, that would be so awesome. Like, part of me was like, that'd be awesome. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do 326. Yeah. I'm going to blast my marathon out of the water. By an hour. By an hour. Yeah. But then uh, the other part, the realistic part of me was like, dude, you're going to fade in like 20 minutes. <laughs> what was what was the, what were the, what was the data telling you? Were you checking your heart rate? Were you checking your effort? Were my, you heart rate, to your body? my heart rate was fine. Like, I didn't go above 162, mm-hmm. yep. which is about where I thought I'd be. And, you know, I was feeling fine like uh, cardiovascularly i was feeling fine mm. but it was it was you know my body was just it was tired because this is the first marathon that i have run uh, this first race past a half marathon distance that i have run in the last four years where i didn't have to stop because of yeah. my knees so spoilers so like yes of course i've done the training runs I've, I've run up to three and a half hours for my training runs but those are all at a slower pace so I was like kind of in an unknown place because yeah. I haven't run this far, this fast, this hard. And so my body was starting to... And I, I, I expected this to happen. You had done tempo runs in yes. training. Like yes. I had done tempo runs, but nothing race pace longer than 15 kilometers. It's so different a race, isn't it? Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew it was coming. 
Mm. Like, like you know, I'm like, yeah, 326, 326. But the realistic part of me is like, nah, dude, it's not going to happen. Like, mm. you're at this pace right now because you know you're going to fade. So mm. you're, I'm just out there to fight as hard as I can and just do battle with myself. Um, and then, yeah, my, my, my hamstring just out of kind of left field just started to cramp. And the thing is, when when I run now, I focus very much on lit, uh, kicking my heels up. Yep. And that takes the pressure off of my hip. Yep. I bring my pelvis, pelvis forward. That takes all the pressure off the hip and it steers away from that knee pain. But I couldn't really do that because my hamstring was just wow, just really cramping. Almost, at, not quite as, but probably about 50% of how bad it did during the Spartan Ultra. So there was a few times where I had to stop and stretch it out. Really? But it wasn't like, it wasn't so detrimental that I had any fear that it was going to make me stop. That's good. My biggest worry though was like, okay, if I can't kick my heels up, if I can't keep this form, is that going to be bad for my knee? Yep. But that was kind of, that started around 20 kilometer 22 and that was probably when maybe right between there kilometer 25 is when i started to slow down yep because of that because of just my physical i was i was getting tired how was your fueling my fueling was on point like i was exactly what i wanted to do every 10 kilometers i took a gel yep uh, and i used that like i would do that right around whatever aid station was right around there I'd use that. I'd take a little bit of a walk, have some water, have my gel, have some water, and then go again. Mm. Uh, and that was fine. Like, I didn't necessarily, I never hit a wall. Yeah. I never hit the wall. Like, like a cardiovascularly energy, I was fine. It was just like my body was just like physically tired. Mm. My fueling strategy was every 45 minutes for the first three hours. Mm. And then after the three hour mark, I went again at the 3.30 mark. Yeah. Thinking that would be just like the last little bit to break up the last little push. Um, and on my way, you know, back along up to the halfway mark and then out to the 25k mark and then back to St. Mm. Kilda for the 30k mark, I kind of went through this thing where I was like, at one point I was like, do I need to pee? I'm not sure if I need to pee. Oh, yeah, I never had that problem. I think I need to stop and pee. And I was just like, no, push through it because you're going to reach a point where you're going to be sweating and doing everything so much that, sorry ladies, that little feeling of pee at the end of your dick... It's wow. just going to get sucked straight back up and absorbed back in. There it is. Because you're going to need that hydration. We're going to mark this episode as, as, as explicit. <laughs> um, um, I actually missed the water station at the 28k mark, which oh. was just when it was starting to get warm. The yeah. first 25 kilometers or so, overcast conditions, probably sitting at about, I don't know, 10 degrees, 11 degrees. Yeah. 28 kilometer mark, sun came out. I think it must have gone from 11 degrees to 20 degrees <laughs> in like 10 in, minutes. In like 15, 10 minutes. It was. It got so hot so quickly, um, and I was screwed over at the 28 kilometer aid station by people that just had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. People coming across from the right hand side and cutting across four runners and coming that to a sucks. dead stop. See, like. That, and that's this is why everybody you need to like study the goddamn course map oh. so you know when the aid stations are coming because me I knew when the aid stations were coming so if I was going to utilize that aid station about 500 meters mm. prior to that I'm starting to inch my way over mm. now of course there are times when you're just not sure which side of the thing it's going to be on mm. but you can kind of see it coming up yeah. at least 200 meters in advance and that gives you plenty of time to start moving rather than getting to this end of the line mm. and then trying to cut off People. Yeah, half of these aid stations are also in the middle of an out and back. Oh, that's a good point too. So they're in; the, they're always on yeah. the left hand side or yeah. something like that. 
and the thing I can't understand is my, my tactic with aid stations is I ignore the first half of them. Mm. I try and get to like the second last or last table, reach out, you know, signal to someone from a fair bit away. Like I'm pretty tall. Yeah. So if I put my hand up above everyone else, they can see where it's going. Yeah. And I come in with my hand, grab it from someone, pull it over to myself and keep going. I don't walk the aid stations mm. unless I need to do it for recovery reasons. I just grab it, pinch the cup, gel, water, away we go. I swear at this 28 kilometer one, it was like trying to crawl over a mosh pit mm. to get to the water stations. There was people who were getting at the very, 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 very first table, grabbing the very cu first cup of water and then proceeding to stick and walk along the aid station all the way, blocking anyone else from coming no. past them. Just mad. See, I knew I was going to walk at the mm. aid stations, but then I also, mm. I did that, but I would go to the end yeah. table get it and walk to the bin. Yeah. And also people that get their cups, run to their cup, then throw a dead stop. <laughs> I just can't understand that, you know. Mm. Use your heads, yeah. people. Um, I will say about my nutrition, I think I could probably experiment with more. Yeah. Uh, for the whole thing, I probably fueled about six to 800 calories, including the yeah. pre-run two bars. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you're burning about 2,500 calories out there. I could yeah. probably have fueled a little bit more. I think I fueled, because I did something with this race that I've never done before. I actually took some energy chews like in the half hour, 20 minutes before the race. Oh, yeah. So normally I have my breakfast like three hours before the event and then I kind of go into the race and then after 45 minutes, then I have my first gel. Yeah. And I read leading up to this that we should fuel more in events like this than we do. So I had, you know, some, some energy chews at sort of at the start line. And then when I had my first 45-minute gel, it wasn't the first thing I'd had in three hours, 45 minutes yeah. at that stage. Yeah. It was a top-up thing. And I think that worked quite well for me. Uh, my fueling was never a problem no. uh, during this whole event. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say mine was a problem mm. either. I'd just be interested in seeing yeah. what happens after that. Um, but yeah, so... Right around 20, what was it, um, 22, 20, whatever I said, I saw my first projectile vomitus. I'm talking Gatorade. Wow. It was bad. It was really sad. Um, but do you know what else I noticed? Uh, a, a, a lot of people were having hamstring cramps. Mm. Like I was like, oh, this like it was like in GTA, if you've yep. ever played GTA, when you get in one certain car yep. and then every car that's driving around you is that car. Yep. It's like when you get a hamstring cramp, everybody's around you. There was a lot of people down. There was a lot of people down in the last 15 kilometers so many so many people down the like, yeah it was i saw one guy down getting um you know an electrolyte drip probably a kilometer 40 yeah it yeah like, oh there was people in recovery positions i yeah. saw one person who had obviously just gone down and there was actually a fair bit of blood where oh. they like scraped themselves and knocked themselves and it was not pretty. No. There were some very, very sore, wounded, sick people there. I like, I, I've not seen that many people down in an event, yeah. and I don't know what that was about. And they were—they would have been people who, at the time where we were coming past them, they'd been down for a fair bit. They were yeah. in, they'd been down for 15, 20 minutes or yeah. so. You could tell they people. The St. John's people were not dealing with these people in that they'd fallen two seconds before we got no, there. No, they, they, they had been down for a they while. They had stuff hooked up. They yeah. had blankets or this or that. Which and... means those people must have been running in the low threes. Yeah. Like trying to hold a low three pace yeah. and get all the way through. And, and listen, I've bonked at a sure. marathon before. Um, I've thankfully never gone down like that. No. But I know what it's like to think in your training that you can run at a certain level and then 
realize at a certain point in the marathon, oh, no, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. And it's not fun. So, you know, it's not to say that these people shouldn't have known what they could do or, I mean, Melbourne, as always, that was probably the warmest day we've had in four or five months here in Melbourne. Just that extra heat, not fueling properly beforehand. These people might have done everything right in training. Just one of those things. And just something on that day means no go. Yeah. And that a fun time. How'd you find the run back up Fitzroy Street um, along St. Kilda, that hill? I went past so many people on that hill. Yeah. Same. Um, You mean going down? No, going back up. Oh, going back up. Oh, do you know what? Actually, sorry. Um... What kilometer is that? That's um, about the 30k mark. Yeah, okay. So mm. at the 30k mark, I was already kind of slowing down and I was yep. making choices to just be like, I was still 30 to 32 kilometers. Like I finished I, mm. at the 32 kilometers about two hours and 40, right. which is faster than I've ever done two, 32 kilometers. Yep. But I was feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm losing this battle yep. and that's fine. Like I was prepared for that. So going up that hill, I was probably... Like after kilometer twenty six, twenty seven, I don't know that I ran anything faster than five forty. Okay, uh, five thirty maybe. Right, but he asks the question um, as if Zach knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the I think that was probably one of the areas where. Oh, is that across the bridge? Is that a bridge? There is kind of a bridge there. That thing. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. That's the up. Is that what you're talking? About? No, I'm talking about so when you so when you've ran along. The beach road, yeah. and then you've come back and you've gone past Luna Park and everything. Yes, and you've gone up and you've zigzagged back in, and then you're going back up St Kilda, up Fitzroy Street. You go past Albert Park again, and then you turn left onto St Kilda Road. Oh yeah, you, yep. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked a bit of that, okay, um, and I trotted a little bit of that just because saving energy. Man, you must have been miles ahead of me, dude. I, I you were so far ahead of me. I well, it's funny. Uh, I might as well talk about this now. You gained. 12 minutes from start to finish. Yep. I lost 12 minutes from start to finish. So, right. Um, and so basically... We came rushing back towards each other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. So we almost <laughs> met right in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the start, I was like, I'm going to hang back here. And you ran off. And at one point, you were 34 minutes ahead of me. Yeah. And then we've come back. Like my, my second half was about 10 or 11 minutes slower than my first. Yeah. yeah. My second half was... 30 seconds different to my first half. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. you are a phenomenal pacer, obviously. But mm. you're, yeah, with who you started out with, mm. the time that you gained and the time that I lost, we were pretty close. I checked at the... And my Garmin was off with the official course markings. No, it wasn't. The got, Garmin wasn't off. Got out by about half a kilometer no, or so. No, it wasn't. The race was off. <laughs> Do you know what, though? That's... The, so... <laughs> so the, the, the course, most people found that they had run about 500 meters yep. longer than... But that's... You know, when they measure the course, they measure them at the oh, cones. Correct. So, like, you're turning even 10 meters out of that cone. That adds up. You add up the zigzagging. Yeah. I, I'm sure we lost a little bit of GPS signal with the buildings and all that. It could but be. I don't know that that was a major problem. I know that at the 34-kilometer mark, I had been running for three hours and just under four minutes. Yeah. And when I did the Ballerine Rail Trail, I did the 34 kilometers in two hours, 56 minutes or so. Huh. So I was, you know, if, if the... It's right in there. Yeah, if the Brimbank Rail Trail had meant to be like a 340 pace, yeah. I was about eight minutes or so off 340 pace, well, you, yeah. which we'll get to. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, hmm. But yeah, so, yeah, I mean, 
it started for me, like I said, right right around anywhere between 25 and 30. It started getting hard. Yep. Like really hard. You know, it had been relaxed and smooth. But that's, that's for me, that's when the race, like the work started. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I kind of forgot what it's like to push that hard that yeah. far. And so the rest of the, maybe the last of 15 kilometers was just a fight to the finish. Mm. Uh, and, you know. Yeah, so to so, so navigate us, where are we now? Where so, are we now? so right now at the 34 kilometer mark or so, yep. we're heading up St. Kilda Road. Yeah. By this stage, um, for, for me at that point, I'm like, the race has now started. Mm-hmm. Everything up to that point was, was getting me to there. And I knew that at that point, I was going to put my headphones in. I was going to start playing some music because mm-hmm. music is what gets me through the last hour or so of the event. And I was like, Okay, how am I feeling? Am I going to be able to hold this? Or, you know, if I want to catch this three-hour 50 pacer, am I going to be able to do it? And I knew at the halfway mark, I needed to be in and around an hour 45 at the halfway mark, at the 21-kilometer mark. I was an hour 44 and 52 seconds. So I was within eight seconds or so of of catching the 350 pacer, even after the slow start at the halfway mark. So I knew... That I had a chance of getting to 350, I still could not catch them. They were just always this entire race. They were just that couple of hundred meters ahead of me the whole time. But I knew when I got to the 34k mark, I was feeling okay. I was working hard, but and I could feel certain things like my my foot started to hurt a little bit. My everything was hurting. You're in a marathon yeah. at this point. Yeah. Nothing's meant to feel good. Nope. But I also knew that there was nothing here to stop me from going with it yeah so at that point i started started doing the maths okay it's three hours i need in 45 minutes i need to do nine kilometers yeah i need to run 11 kilometers in less than an hour yeah dot, dot, dot. it was just breaking it down constantly every time i watched beep recalculate that, recalculate recalculate that's exactly yeah. what i was doing so like mm-hmm. as i got yeah right around mm-hmm. 34 35 kilometers mm-hmm. that's when i started really really picking up the math mm-hmm. like at that point i knew i was like 330 is gone yeah, at yeah. this point. 330 is not going to happen. That's fine. At that point, I was like, all right, 340. 340 is my next, mm. you know, I got to go somewhere around there, that 340 mark. Uh, and like, yeah, you, like every kilometer that passes by, you're just like whittling down the time and like, all right, this is what I need to do for the next 40 minutes, the next 30 minutes, the next 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like stressful, but it also, it's kind of helpful to keep you going yeah. because it's like a, like a mini goal, mini goal, mini goal. All right, I've got to get here by this yeah. time. I've got to get there by this time. Oh shit. The 340 pacer just passed me. I better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and listeners, if you're trying to work out the, the thing I find in the late stages of a race, when you're trying to do that mental arithmetic, just divide by two. Work out where you are, mm. divide by two, then divide that by two. Just keep dividing it by two, and it'll give you some sort of measure yeah. and factor of where you're up to. We actually got really lucky, because with the way that the heat came on in that event, we turned onto St. Kilda Road under the shade of those big trees yeah. and then managed to get up into the Botanical Gardens yeah. when the sun was really coming out. People who were half an hour, an hour behind us... They got it. Full they cost it all on the Beach Road, yeah. St. Kilda Road. Bit and that's sure. the worst... Like, I remember the first marathon that I did, and it was really hot. That was the worst of it because you're right out yeah. there. It's all reflecting off the sands, too. So it's just like yeah. real warm. It sucks. Exactly. Um, so then up St. Kilda Road we go. We At this point, we're catching half marathoners. Yes. And we're catching half marathoners who are going over two. 
Yes. Like, because they start an hour after us. Right. They go half the distance. By the time we catch them, all the people that are out there on the half marathon course are people who are doing two hours plus for a half yes. marathon. And great on them, but they're a lot slower than us. So there's a lot of people to move around and yeah. dodge and overtake. Uh, and it gets crowded. You think yeah. about it. You've got a full marathon of six and a half thousand people and a half marathon probably of the same all coming together at the same point. And, you know, 3.30 to four hours and two to two and a half hours, that's the sweet spot mm. for a lot of the runners. So it's probably the busiest part of the course other than the start line yeah. is when those two events come together. And that's always like if you ever follow the... And one of my nitpicks mm. is with the... Melbourne Marathon Community Group. Mm. Uh, you know, it's always one of the complaints is that, you know, there's it's crowded, it's congested. I get it, that sucks. But my argument's always just like, you know what? There's, uh, how how many people between all the races? Like 40,000 people? Yeah. Something like that. There, there's there's going to be congestion. Yeah. And, there's and like, what's the alternative? Yeah, there's not much you can do about right. it. Um, but it does, it, <laughs> it is frustrating. Because when you're 35 kilometers into anything. Oh, all reason and logic goes out the window. You just become this incredible bastard that just wants to get to the finish line and anything that gets in your way, even a little pebble, yeah. is like, that pebble is might as well be the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, I had at one of the aid stations, I was running along and a lady did the classic, grabbed the water, stop in front of me, had her headphones in so I couldn't hear a thing and I literally, as she did, uh, sort of, I had to come to a big stop and then dodge around her and I went, Okay then, <laughs> <laughs> and this person beside awesome. this person beside me started laughing, and I'm like, I know they can't hear me, but I've just about had it with this. <laughs> they didn't talk to me at all, but they just laughed. That's was, funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like there's a f- funky camaraderie when you're running a marathon, yeah. and you share everything. Not only do you share the victory, the the adrenaline, but you also share the frustration. So yeah. it's it's funny when you see that. Um, so, okay, so we are now... Where are we at? We're heading into the Botanical Garden. We're heading into the Botanical Garden. The last garden. seven kilometers of this race. Is the worst. It is. It's the absolute worst. There's no fun anything. All the energy's gone. The elevation in Melbourne Marathon is somewhere around 160 to 190 meters. And it's all here. I swear 140 <laughs> of it, 150 of it, is in like two or three hills. Yeah. Because Melbourne Marathon is a flat course, Except for the hills. The hills aren't mountains, but they're all sharp. And they're all very much in the last half. Yeah. In the last half of the last half. Yeah. Oh, every single hill, with the exception of Batman Avenue at the very start, every single hill is after the 30 kilometer mark. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and at Botanical Gardens, the half marathoners and the marathoners have come together. They now split off again mm. into two separate paths. And the marathoners have to go all the way mm. up the backside of the tan mm. to the top of the tan, then come back down again, mm. then back up mm. to the midpoint of the tan, and then come back out mm. onto St. Kilda Road. This is where I bled the most time. Really? These last, the, these two or three kilometers. Really? I bled the most time here. And I knew it was going to happen. Like, I wasn't pissed off. I wasn't frustrated. I was like, it is what it is, man. Yeah. This is the shittiest part of the race. Um, I probably, at this point... This was my only uh, portion where I'll talk to my American friends here that I had anything higher than a nine fifteen mile nine thirty mile. Most of my miles were anywhere between seven thirty and eight thirty. Then a few in there were nine thirty because you know marathon. 
but this was an 11 something minute mile and that was like that's like a seven something minute kilometer this is the only place where i did anything like that the rest of my kilometers were sub six mostly um but yeah i just bled time i was just like i wasn't feeling good i mean i wasn't feeling horrific i was feeling as bad as you would think like i wouldn't look back and say it's the worst i've ever felt in a run but it certainly wasn't great like i knew i was tired I had in this section, I had my two worst kilometers, the 34 kilometer and the 37 kilometer. I had my two slowest kilometers other than the very first kilometer of the race. Yeah. Um, so that's to put it, and, and I ran a very flat race. Mm. And so that's, and it's all because of the elevation. Yeah. That's where all the elevation was yeah. in those two bits there. Um, that was where, uh, for me, I got to the top of the tan and turned around to start coming back down. And that's where I sort of went, right, um, you got two choices here. Because I, I was right on the number for what I needed. Yeah. But I couldn't afford to relax. Yeah. Like, if I'd started losing 10 seconds a kilometre or so at that point, any advantage I had would have gone. It was right on a, a narrow thing. And so I was like, right, time to make it hurt. Yeah. It was like, okay, I've got to go here. Like, I've got to use this downhill bit and run this downhill bit so I can grind back up the uphill bit so I can run the downhill bit and run the flat bit again. Like I just had to do that. So I was, you know, looking for that three thirty minute to tick over, so I could get my last little gel shot yep. for the last twenty minutes or so, um, because I just had to go do it. And, and it was at the point where it's like I feel like I'm close enough now that I'm nowhere near bonking. Mm. With five k's or so to go, I'm yeah. not going to bonk. I'm not going to hit the wall unless I you unless just, I go so fast yeah. that I hit threshold limit, and I'm not going to do. You're that. not going to do that because your no. body's not going to allow you to do that. No. So all you're doing, and I was the same mm. way. It became all right. I got to fight now. I got to fight mm. harder than you're just fighting for every second. And yeah. it's not you're yeah you're that close where it's like I'm not going to bonk. No, but my body is only going to work as hard as it's going to work. Yeah, I'm not going to go any faster right now than I'm going, but I'm also not in danger. Of, yeah. yeah, and i got to try not to go slower. So That was the thing. It was about don't lose time. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to go any faster, but you also can't drop off. And that's the hardest thing to do at that point because just holding it at that point is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, my heart rate, this is, an, this is what my heart rate looked like. Oh, wow. A perfect, gradual, linear incline all the way up to the very end where... As we came onto the MCG, I maxed out at 180 beats per wow. minute. So in the last, you can see in the last 20% of that race, I was 160, 165, 170 heart rate. Yeah. So I was just below threshold. Yeah, I was. Hawaii. I probably yeah. so I, kind of the opposite for me. So I was about 160 to 162 for the mm. first 30 kilometers, and then it started dipping below 160 just because mm. my body wasn't allowing me to work harder than say a 155 to 159 right. heart rate. Uh, you know, and obviously, if I were to if I slowed down, like right down, I was getting it down to one thirty. So, mm. you know, I was just kind of in preservation. Yep. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So my, my average heart rate was one sixty, and as you can see from that graph, like all through the first half of the race, I was consistently below it, and then almost a mirror opposite in the second half of the race. Mine was one fifty nine. One fifty nine. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at um, us. And then there's my average lap pace. It looks like the city. Yeah, it looks like the city. And it looks like it jumps around a bit, but the variance there is only pretty small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, running, running. At, at at the point before we get into the G, our garments told us we were at 42.2 <laughs> kilometers. And at that point, I had run for three hours and 39 minutes and 31 seconds. So I'm going to take that. Right, okay, sure, <laughs> no problem. Sure, you can tell yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so mm. we're running. We get to the running onto the MCG. That was the best the G's ever been. I think so. It was so loud. It was so ne- the crowd was so good. I said to Aaron yeah. the last, and again, I guess I, I had to apologize for Aaron to Aaron because I was like, I didn't know it was going to be this crowded. Because it was crazy. I've never been there that quickly. No, and it was like the first what? What did you say? 10, 15 rows. Oh. Maybe more? Maybe more. Just completely packed. Like I said, um, this is my sixth one of those. That was the busiest I've ever seen. It, it was almost it was like... It was crazy. It was like... Hmm. I would have expected that to have been if it was the first race post-COVID. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was the second. I've ran into that thing before, and I've heard people yelling my name and been able to see them and spot them in the yeah. crowd. I, there's I, no you way you could have I couldn't that. spot anybody. Like, no. there was no gaps. No. Uh, the first time I ran it, there were gaps. There were yeah. plenty of gaps. The second time I ran it, same thing, but yeah. I finished in five and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was wild. But it's also, I hate it. Because yeah. you get in there and you still have to run and you pass the half marathon finish line and you still yep. got 250 meters to go. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to be done. Yep. And then you cross the line and the people are like, keep moving. Keep moving. I'm like, get out of here. Keep moving. I can't. Yeah. Because I've just stopped and now yep. everything hurts. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and, and there was, again, at the finish, I saw a guy, must have been 15 meters from going into the G, who was over on his side getting medical attention. Yeah, well. Like he's within 400 meters of finishing the event and he may have, he may have DNF'd because of who knows. That sucks. Um, and then you see people who cross the line and they're done. Yeah. They're done. They've, oh. they've maxed out whatever they had. I was, I was, I was one yeah. of those people. Like, I mean, I think I gave as much as I was going to be able to give. I am not, I won't, I, I couldn't make any excuses for it. Like I gave mm. as much as I could. The training led me up. Mm. Was it the time I wanted? No. But I'm happy with how I went. So what was your official net time? 3.39.31. No. No, no. All right. So my <laughs> official time for the Melbourne Marathon was 3 hours, 42 minutes, and 1 second. 3 hours. And that's uh, chip time. That is, I don't know. It says on the picture. <laughs> yes. Finish time. Hold on. Oh, wait a minute. I'll tell you. Because I also have the uh, overall results. Yeah, I'm I got not... that as well. Yeah. Yeah. What did I do with it? So, yeah, my gun time was 343.09, but my net time, the chip time, was 342.01. Okay, so you, you probably that means you were like 70 seconds below behind the start line. Yeah, so that's yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah, about a minute and a half. My gun time was 3 hours, 50 minutes, and 3 seconds. I just couldn't get under the 3.50 gun time. But my net time was 3 hours, 48 minutes, and 37 seconds. So I must have been a real head of you. Because if it took you that long to cross, you must have been behind me. Yeah. This is the first race I've ever done where I've beaten Zach. Yep. You were ahead of me crossing the line. You were white. And this is the thing. So let's, let's quarterback the event. Could you have gone better time than that yesterday? Knowing what you know now. Okay. So knowing what I know now. Yep. Like sure, it's easy to look back and say, "Oh, I could have, I yeah. could have found twenty seconds or ten even seconds yeah. per kilometer," but uh, I think I don't know. Like I think probably had I gone at if I started dead on the nuts at yeah. an eight minute mile or five minute kilometer, mm. potentially I could have also, you know, I could have saved ten seconds each kilometer. By at the end of 
each kilometer just walking 10 seconds saving some energy mm-hmm. you know preserving a little bit in the beginning but I don't know I really don't because I know that the final part of that marathon is so hard yeah. that for me I think in this particular this particular race especially because look my goal was to my a goal really whilst time is great my a goal was to finish this thing without having any problems with my knee which yeah. I haven't done in such a long time so then your next goal was to go sub four my next goal was to go sub four yeah and my dream goal was to go sub or 330 or below yeah and so i was like do you know what i know that i need to start this thing fast because Mm -hmm. i'm going to bleed time at the end anyway just because i knew i wasn't used to how fast i was going to be going and how long i was going to be going if everything went well so Mm -hmm. do i think maybe I think sub 340, definitely, I probably could have done had yeah. I just preserved it a little bit more. Could I have bought myself 10 minutes? Don't know. Uh, I think, you know, I will already say that my goal for next year is definitely going to be sub 330. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think for me, setting a goal that is much higher than I can go is going to bring me to the goal that is one that I'm happy with. So, I have told Kirk, look, I want to go either sub 320 or Boston qualifying time. So right. for my age, it's like a 305. Okay. So if I shoot for like a 305, maybe I fall within... Three, sub 320. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's going to take a lot of work. But at the very least, I know that now when I do things right and I have things that work out, right shoe, right gear, right exercise program, right training regime, right everything i can finish the thing and that for me that's kind of that's a huge mental weight yeah man i am so excited like Mm. i was like i finally beat you you bastard yeah um canberra is next i think Mm. uh not this year oh well not next year (laughs) but yeah so yeah uh a lot of things came together that needed to come together for me yep so i was happy with that Mm. Mm. for me there's no way i could have like, I know we finished within six minutes or so of each other in the end. Yeah. There's no way I could have started with you and ran beside you for that entire race. Like, you were just going way too fast. When you were going sub 330, mm. like, I just did not have that in me on the day. Yeah. I think I could have probably... It's a real pity there wasn't a 345 pacer and I wasn't yeah. brave enough at the start to go at that pace because I think I could have ran 345... And felt exactly the same mm. at the end of the event like I did um, on this one. I mean, I, I had a fun race. Yeah. I, 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 I mucked around for the first 40-odd minutes or so, 45 minutes. At that point, I went, no, nah, let's go have a bit of a crack here. And then I had a really fun race because I was constantly trying to chase someone. Mm. Um, I could have probably... <sighs> Part of me regrets not starting at the 340 pacer. Yeah. Because I think I probably would have finished between 340 and 345. We could have finished holding hands. We could have finished really close to each other. Yeah. So I think... But I mean, I, I all things considered, we kind of did. Yeah, I just didn't know. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't regret at all starting off slow and then deciding to kick. Yeah. I definitely don't regret going forward and not just sticking with the four-hour pacer. And I know it's only 12 minutes or so, but it just makes a huge difference knowing that you went out there and, and ran an event and actually did something rather yeah. than just trotting around. And, and I was telling you, this was actually... My third, out of the six Melbournes I've done, this was my third fastest time ever. Yeah. 
And you didn't feel great about it leading up, as no. we've discussed at length. I didn't feel great leading into the event. I went in really, really conservative. I made a bit of a gutsy, foolhardy decision in the race to change my strategy. Yeah. And it turned out it was my third fastest Melbourne ever. I've gone I've gone three sub three thirty, I've gone sub three forty, and I've gone sub three fifty twice and then over three fifty as well. Mm. And this one was the fastest. And the funny thing is is when I watch on Garmin and I do the comparison between all those events and all those other races, the times where I've done you know, just under 350 or just over 350, this race yesterday, I was the slowest all the way through mm. the first 39 or so kilometers, 40 kilometers of all of those races. I was way behind. Yeah. Just in the last two kilometers, I just ran flat mm. and just ran over virtual 2018 me and virtual whatever me. Nice. Um, even though um, the conditions on those days were in some, like just completely different conditions. Yeah. The conditions here were perfect. It was just, completely flat mm. and I just ran through it so it was actually I've worked it out now I've done uh, 13 if you count Great Ocean Road as marathon events not ultras I've done a dozen marathons now this yeah. is my fifth fastest marathon pretty good now what it means is I've got a lot of marathons in that sweet spot of 345 to 4 hours yeah. a lot of my marathons are there but this was for a race that I didn't really have great preparation for, I'm feeling very similar to how I felt last year. Yeah. Last year, I ran the marathon and I ran a 354 and that was a week after doing 100Ks. Yeah. And I was like, wow, imagine what I could do with the proper training block. Mm -hmm. This year, I didn't have the proper training block and I still did all right. Yeah. I'm really motivated for next year now. Yeah. To, to the, I think the next 12 months, I'm going to focus on the marathon distance. Mm. I'm not going to really worry about ultras or anything. It's going to be marathon distance, marathon pace. Uh, and like you said, come back to Melbourne next year and go right. Well, what sub three thirty definitely look yeah, like? Yeah, I think yeah. I and I, I'm kind of in that same boat too. Mm. Like, I feel like my marathon journey has now just started because this mm. is a 45 minute PB for me. Yeah, and it's because I was able to finish it without injury. Yeah, so it's like, all right, if I can now do this without injury mm. and I can train to get faster, what what does that look like? So yeah, three forty and change is in there. Mm. What's three sub three thirty look like? How far can I go? Yeah. You know, and of course, my my goal is still always to run that sub three. Uh, I am now within minutes of that. So where did, <laughs> where did you see me? Because you said you saw me finishing. So how did you? So you got in, got into the G, got out of the shoot, got your. Oh middle. no, I didn't. I didn't see you finish. I oh. didn't actually see you finish. I I um, I saw. I mean, I saw on the app that you had yeah. finished, and I just knew that you had finished when you finished, because yeah. uh, Aaron was tracking us both. Right. Uh, it was funny because, you know, like three times she, you know, we, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I, when she told me that you had finished, I said to her, holy shit, mm. like he must've picked up some serious time. Cause he was like running with the four hour pacer the last time I saw him. Mm. So, wow. <laughs> I was like, he gained 12 mm. minutes. I lost 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause I, cause I came out and I sort of, you know, organized myself and then I was going through that drinking, eating sort yeah. of festival area they had. And I bumped into Troy, your friend Troy. Oh, yeah, he finished in banging time, didn't yeah, he? Like, like three... 3.12 or something like that. Out. And he had... Uh, he faded quite a bit with cramps and stuff like yeah. that. So he had, again, um, a bad time around the tent. I'm coming I, for you, Troy. I saw him, and he was like... I was like, hey, mate, how you going? Because I'm feeling great. He's like, can you do me a favor? I need a Coca-Cola or something. I need some sugar. Can you go get me a drink? I'm like, 
you look not great, sir. I want you to stay right here. Right away. And he's like, yep, no problem. So I went off, queued up, got us a couple of Pepsis, got us a thing of chips, came back. He was lying on the ground, just sort of chilling out. I'm like, there you go. Caffeine, sugar, chips. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Straight after you left, I sat down and then I had to spew and I spewed. And then a lady came over to me and asked me if I was okay. And I said, no, no, it's fine. My friend's just gone off to get me some Coke to have a bit of a bump. And she went, Coke? And he went, yeah, I just need some Coke. She went, you shouldn't be having Coke. You've just ran a marathon. He's like, no, no, Coca-Cola. What, are you, <laughs> what, are you, what festival do you think you're at, lady, They're that people are going to start doing lines <laughs> after this thing? So he and I hung out for... So you couldn't have given me a lift home because he and I hang out for 45 minutes on the lawn, drinking Pepsi, eating chips. I don't like it. It was great. I don't think it was. It was fantastic. I'm not digging that. Yes. I'm coming for you, Troy. First you're stealing my stuff on Strava, now you're stealing my co-host. Yep. I'm coming for you, man. And it's going to be bad because I'm going to do a sub three hour marathon before you. It's like Hulk Hogan. I'm done. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I went past a couple of other people. So Francis, who I ran with, um, and Steve, who I ran with, they both took on on me at the start. Yeah. Like just... Francis was trying to run with the 320 pacer at one point. Yeah, right. um, Steve was running kind of around me with the four-hour pacer, then saw me take off to go chase the 350, and then at one point just ran straight past me. And I think he actually went and got ahead of the 350 pacer at wow. one point. But then both of them, when we got to the tan, like I went past Francis in the tan, he was walking, and then I caught Steve just as we went along Flinders Street and headed down to the MCG. He'd also bombed out a little bit. And again, it's just... My consistent flat pacing... It helps you. It helps so yeah. much. Like, you, yeah. once you start bleeding time, you never you, get it back. You can't get it back. You can't you, get it you're back. You're just not going to get it back. Yeah. You're going to get worse, or you're going to... You're not, you're not going to stay. You're yeah. just going to get worse. Mm. Um, what was your post-recovery treat? Uh, chocolate milk. Chocolate a, milk? Chocolate milk and a banana. And Aaron made me this... Well, we mm. got a lot of cheese. <laughs> we got a free bottle of wine from the hotel. Mm. We bought a lot of cheese. Had cheese. She made me this awesome, like keto cauliflower broccoli bake mm. it had a lot of cheese and bacon yep and i was like i need that i had like four slices of that thing um i'm not done yet i'll probably have some more treats tonight but yeah, yeah uh yeah i had a burger i had onion rings i had macarons nice i had like a baklava thing jesus i had banana bread wow yeah i, I yeah yesterday I, was, was i fun. feel skinny mm. <laughs> um, um now you said to me you had a gripe about the bib collection. Well, I don't. I didn't necessarily have one, but a lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things kind of went wrong for the Melbourne Marathon event organizers. I think this year for logistically, some, logistically, yeah. Like medals that were given out were from previous years. Serious. Which I can understand if this is the first year back from COVID because they had a surplus of medals that they weren't able to give out. Yeah. Like that's what happened at the Spartans. Like we all got a 2021 medal because last year's marathon medal didn't have a date on it it was just a generic medal oh, okay so then they just had 2021 medals and i because i because i've had to write 2021 on the back of that medal right to know what it is because there's nothing on last year's medal at all that tells you that it's from 2021 people this year got a 2021 medal or a medal with no date i got mine has the date mine and the has day. the date as well yeah yep. uh and then the bibs so many people didn't get their bibs really like a lot of people didn't get their bibs that you know Signed up three months ago, four months ago when they were supposed to get it and they didn't get it. And they were very much like not allowing people to run if they didn't have their bibs. And they were very much saying that you couldn't pick your bib up the morning of the race, which you probably could have. But mm. 
There are like they've been saying that for a while though. Like if you turn up on the morning of the race to run the marathon or the half marathon and you don't have your bib, you've you've ignored a lot of emails. Yeah, and you know it's just I just don't understand though how they wouldn't have gotten them. Like mm. it's just bad. Like there were so many people in the community group that were like not that didn't have their their bibs. There were so many people in the community group that were like, "Does anybody have another race? Because I want to join." It's like, do you know what? If you've waited till the last minute to join the race, yeah. You know what? Get your shit together. If you want to race, sign up before the cutoff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like people were just not happy with the event organizers. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I, it's is it the it's not the most crowdiest that we've had. It's no, not the biggest was, one. This was not the biggest Melbourne Marathon no. we've ever had. Especially well, not in the marathon event. I can't speak for what the half marathon or the ten k or the three k walk or any of those was. I did see a lot of people in the three k walk mm. um, doing that. Yeah, I, it was not the biggest marathon we've ever had. No. no, They were running out of everything, even apparel. I mean, but they always run out of they apparel. Run but out of apparel. couldn't get apparel. Mm. Just a lot of unhappy people. I mean, mm. the, the, the Melbourne com, uh, Marathon Community Group reminded me very much of Star Wars fans. Like, <laughs> they wanted to be there, but at the same time, they hated being there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a tough gig for them, I think. Mm. I think they're going to have a little bit of blowback. I saw some people like, are you going to give refunds to those who didn't get bibs because we obviously couldn't race? That's well, yeah. I mean, if you couldn't get a bib, and you couldn't race, that's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hmm. interesting. Um, packet pickup for me was—I mean, there was no packet this hmm. year. It's just the bib. It was easy. I, you know, there was no line. I just hmm. walked right up to the window. I've uh, never had a problem. No, no. Friday, I walked right up to the window. I got my bib. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you chose to have it mailed to you, you might have been right. But if you problem. chose to have it mailed to you and it didn't turn up, that's not and, your fault. And that's not your fault. But if you wait till Sunday to turn up to the event, that's your fault. Because, again, yeah. you've missed a whole bunch of things saying, if you haven't received your bib, please contact us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess I get that. But I also get that there are people who are traveling that can't get there. True. Yep. So it's like that's kind of a bit of a problem. But then... Call, email. Yeah, that, and that's that's the thing that I, I, I posted quite a few times in the Melbourne community, uh, the Melbourne Marathon community group, was that just, hey, remember, this group is not... Like, don't ask your questions here. This group is not run by the event organizers. No. It's just a Facebook group. Email the event. Yeah. Like, if you have a problem. Or they would... Oh, man. Sometimes participants piss me off. Here they, we go. Back they, up the truck. Here, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> People would be asking questions in the community group. And they're just, like, not ready to just... or Like, navigate the website. And I'm like, do you know what? Y'all just check the website because the answers are there. If you're not ready to navigate the damn website because you're too lazy to do it and you want to ask questions in a community group, how the hell are you going to be finishing... A marathon. You can't even navigate a drink station, apparently. I'm just That's like, where those people come you know, from. If you're asking the most, like, can I do this? Is this available? Is this available? What's this going to be? It's like, look at the website. All those mm. answers are there. Mm. Like, why do I have to do the uh, stuff for you? You're like the friggin' person that was in college who was doing college group projects that just, like, didn't show up and let the entire group down because you were too lazy to do any of the work. Sort your shit. I'm done. But apart from that, it was a great day. It was, great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great day. Um, anyway. You know, you know who did have a great day? Uh, we must mention it. Timothy Kiplagat, course record. So he... 209? 209 and 12 seconds. Bitchin'. So he's a 207 marathon runner. Yeah. So good on him. Um, our friend Jenna actually met him. 
She cool. told him he was going to win. Um, I think he came out. I mean, we just had the London Marathon. A week ago, it was Berlin. Yep. Next week, it was Chicago. He's picked a perfect time to come yeah. out at 207. Yeah, that's Run awesome. the event, win the event. Um, apparently, he's the nicest bloke in the world. That's cool. So, good on him. Uh, took took over a minute off the course record, I think. Speaking about the London Marathon, you know what happens when you're somebody like Bekele and Badmouth and uh, Elliot Kipchoge? You fade in the last five minutes and you get dropped by the winner, not you. Did you watch the... Do you know what? I actually didn't watch it live because I was kind of marathoned out. Right. Uh, So today I actually just watched the replay of it and I just... um, uh, Interesting watching the replay because Mm. you could tell how different it was from the Berlin Marathon because they were so focused on what Elliot was going to do. They spent a lot of time on the female races. Well, the the female race was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The female race is amazing. That Ethiopian uh, Jenna Husea. Yep. Oh my God, she is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Like, just she just she ran a split at like the twenty-four mile mark that would have been fast enough for a two hundred three marathon pace. Crazy? Insane. You could hear the commentators going, "There's a mistake. That we've, yeah. we, we've we've made this mistake here. There's no way she's ran that fast." She did at this point, and she fell. Yeah, she, yeah, she fell. She fell. She tripped. She fell. She hurt her hip. She hurt her hands. She caught up, and then she unleashed. Fury it was crazy. at the 24 mile mark. Unbelievable. It was nuts. Yeah. Bridget, uh, not Bridget Costco, Jeb Cheskai, who won it last year, just had no chance. <laughs> she had no chance. No. Yeah. Uh, and she was uh, this this woman who won. She was the youngest female to win there. Yep. Um, and then. Uh, but it also it was like five women went under, uh, three women went under 218 yeah. or something like that. And then the men. Um, five men went under 206. Mm-hmm. So both really... And, and the commentators were saying, um, especially in the men's race, they're like, it's amazing to see how differently men race when Kipchoge isn't there. Yeah. When Kipchoge's there, everything just rotates around him. Yes. When Kipchoge's not there, they almost need to go, oh, wait a second. I can win. I'm in this. <laughs> yeah. I've got a chance here. There's actually tactics. That's what I was thinking in yeah. Melbourne. Kipchoge's not here. I'm no. going to win. The women's marathon was amazing. There were seven of them yep. running for such a long time. And then it was that classic, with both the men and the women, the paces drop off within a couple of kilometers. They start to stretch out. They start to go into single file. And then it's just drop, 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 yep. drop, drop. I, I said it on the chat last night. I think the women's races have been better over the last year that I've been watching than the men's races. Oh yeah, they're more fun. Yeah, they're more competitive. Yeah, the times they're races. The, they're, they're races. Exactly right. The men's it's been either Kipchoge's there and we're watching Kipchoge run, or he's not there and we're like, well, we're not going to see a world record here and maybe we see a good race. But all every women's race that I've watched for the last eighteen months or so, so good, has been going all the way back to the London Marathon they ran in isolation. Yep, all of the women's races have been spectacular. Indeed, yeah. mm. ditto. Mm. I second that. Well, uh, I think that that's, I think that's about it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's been our marathon, Melbourne marathon, Nike Melbourne marathon recap. Yep. yep. So now we take the week off. Yeah, I'll take I'll take uh, until next Wednesday off of running. So ten days off of running. I'll, for I'll me. take the same off of running. I'm gonna my focus in the month of October is gonna be uh, get back into a strength training routine. Yep. Um, look after my nutrition and everything, and then start some recovery running next month yeah. then probably over the course of summer December January February I'm going to focus on speed work yeah. probably not going to worry too much about any long stuff uh, and then maybe March start to do some longer runs yeah. there's a few events I like to do in March which 
you know, I might have to do some longer run stuff in February Let, just to get let's ready go, for those. Let's go both sub uh, sub five hour at Brimbank. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Brimbank's the one I was thinking of. Like, I would like to go sub five hour at Brimbank. Let's do that because we're on an even playing mm. field now. I also looked at Canberra, so maybe Canberra. Mm. I've looked at a few events. I've looked at the the Warburton Festival. You like Canberra. I, yeah. You like Canberra. I've looked at Canberra. I've looked at Gold Coast. I've looked at Sydney. Mm. I heard someone say that we need to get to Sydney Marathon before it gets too big. That's fair. So I, I, I've had a look at it. There's a few different events over the course of the year where it feels like there'd be a marathon or some sort of event every six to eight um, months, but six to eight weeks. But if I'm going to focus on the marathon, I might as well focus on the marathon yeah, and do it. So, yeah, I'll figure it out. But I, I'm very excited for the next 12 months of running. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm going to go, yeah, a lot of speed for the next few months. Yep. Keep some longer distances in there, but maybe nothing longer than 20K on a... Exactly. But, My Sunday long runs won't go past a half marathon yeah, for the exactly. next three or four months. But yeah. So yeah. Hmm. Fun times ahead. We'll see what happens. And um, Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone for supporting us absolutely. over the last couple of months as we've done this. Absolutely. Um, we'll have to work out what to talk about now that we can't talk about our marathon training. Well, yet. I'm going to get Dean. We're going to try and get Dean on next week. Okay, yeah, cool. So we'll do that. And then uh, we still got, we've got that guest, mm-hmm. Jaden, who yep. did the crazy amount of races who potentially ended her running career. Yep. Uh, I think that that's all I've got in Get my coach. mind. Oh yeah, my coach, of course, yeah. Kirk. Uh, yeah. Kirk, 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 mm. you keep telling me you want to be on this thing and the invitation's gonna run out, brother, so you better get your shit together, just like those people who are doing the wrong thing in the Melbourne community group, bro. Anyway. Wow, it's like a world of impressions with you tonight. I know, he's yeah. he's definitely gonna drop me as a client. A character actor. Uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes Christopher Walken comes out, you know. Okay. All right. Save us. We're done. (laughs) Everyone, thank you so much for listening to our Nike Melbourne Marathon recap. We hope to catch you out there on the treadmills, the roads, or the trails going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.